Hey, welcome to The Quest, and thank you guys for being with us today. I know that you've got a lot of stuff going on in your life. I'm sure the fact that you would take time out of your busy schedules to be with us really does mean a lot, and we just thank you for being with us. Also, if you happen to be a guest and you're checking us out, it really is a great privilege to have you with us. All right, listen, we're going to open up with a word of prayer. Prayer is a thing that connects us to God. It allows us to just unload the cares that we've been carrying. It allows us to turn to God for the strength and the faith and the hope that we so desperately need in our life. Now, I don't know what you're going through, but God does. And so I just want to encourage you as I pray that you would turn to God and that you would just cast your cares on Him, that you would reach out to Him, ask Him for the needs that you have in your life. Let Him be the source of your life. Let him provide for your life as a father would and a father desires to. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We come to you today. I, I come to you, Lord, with heart that desires to have you work in my life. Father, I come to you with a heart that desires to see your activity in my life. Father, and I know that my friends that are listening, we all come to you with that same heart, a desire for you, a, a passion for you. And Father, you know the needs of our lives, you know the boundaries, you know the issues that we face, you know the stuff that we carry, the baggage. And Father, I just ask that you would help us today, that you would help us to cast these cares, the anxieties and the worries and the things, the guilt and the shame and everything that would keep us from connecting with you, that you would allow us to discard that and to give it to you freely. We do that. Father, I ask that you would help my friends and help me to experience the faith that I need in my life and the faith that we need in our lives for what you're calling us to do and what you've laid on our heart to do. Father, give us peace. Give us joy. Give us love. Give us your spirit for the things that we face in our lives right now. We need you in a desperate way. Father, I ask that you would speak into our hearts today that you'd make your word come alive. Father, beyond my words, that your spirit would speak directly to each person that's listening, that you would speak right to the needs that they face, I pray. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we are in a great series. It's a series that we've entitled New Heart, New Year. This is a time of year that people kind of create resolutions in their lives. This is a time that people want to see something new in their life. As we've been talking about, a new year can generate resolutions where people are desiring a new life. Maybe you are desiring a more healthy life. Maybe you want a more passionate life. Maybe you need a more disciplined life. Hopefully you want a more spiritual life. Consequently, a new life generally leads us in a new direction. These new desires, this new pathway that we want for life. The problem that we've addressed in this series is that most of us might pursue new behavior for a new year, but we don't address the current behavior that has brought us to where we are, our current behavior that we deal with. And if we don't address that, we're going to end up right back where we started. See, the scripture that shows us this, a thing that we've been looking at in Proverbs, it tells us this. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. In other words, your heart is responsible for the direction of your life. Where you are currently in life reflects your heart. Now, maybe you might have missed some of the other talks in this series, so I just want to point out that when I talk about a heart, I'm not talking about your physical heart. I'm talking about your inner man. The Bible talks about our heart as the source of our thoughts and our 
desires and our passions and our motives. In fact, something you can write down is this. The passion of our heart creates the actions of our life. The passions, motives, and desires that we have shape our actions. They form a lifestyle that is either good or not good. Jesus addressed this when he said this. He said, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Now, we've been looking at this important issue that only God can change the condition of our heart and that God wants to change our heart. In fact, the scripture tells us that a changed heart is the external marking of God's activity in our life. It says this, it says, a a true Drew is one whose heart is right with God. And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law, rather it is a changed heart produced by the Spirit, God's Spirit in us. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. See, God sees the real you. While we can fool people, while we can wear a mask, while we can cover up the flaws in our lives, God is not fooled. We find this in 1 Samuel where it tells us this. It says, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So we've been looking at this need in our lives for a changed heart, a new direction in life, letting go of the corruption of our lives so that we can have a clean heart and a a new heart, a heart that will take us in the direction of God. I hope that this is something that you desire in your life. In this series, we've looked at different things about this heart that God wants to shape in us. And First of all, we looked at a heart that is open to God, that wants God. We also looked at a heart that is uncluttered. In other words, there's not many distractions. We're not pursuing many things. We're pursuing one thing, the essential thing, which is God. Last week, we looked at a heart that is in need and in search of solitude and silence. And this week, we're looking at our need or a heart of rest. To me, this is more of a hot topic in our world. Something that we all seem to need is is rest. Because people are grumpy and irritable. I mean, the lack of rest creates people that are stressed out. We seem to work ourselves into a busyness that never stops. You know this, but you can write it down. It says, we are stressed because we're so busy. I mean, when you greet someone, you might say, hey, how are you? Have you been? I haven't seen you in a long time. And how do they typically respond? busy. People tend to wear busyness as a badge that says, I'm not a slacker. I'm not lazy. I'm productive. In fact, things are so good. That's why I'm busy. And it's not that busyness is the problem that we have to overcome. The real problem is our lack of balance. And so we have no rest in our life. Listen, the longer we live with busyness, the more we crave the rest that we need. In Psalms, it tells us this. It says, it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. The truth is most of us live in this cycle and you know the cycle, but we stay busy and we work hard till we're exhausted all year. And then we hope that a vacation does the trick. I mean, vacations are good, but vacations create busyness as well. Most of the time we need a vacation from the vacation we just took because we're so busy on vacation. There's so much work preparing for a vacation, cleaning up from a vacation. We go back to work exhausted from the vacation, essentially. And the exhaustion in our lives shows that we don't know how to rest. We tend to look for rest in all the wrong places. I mean, first of all, we think rest comes from a good nap. Now, don't get me wrong. A good nap is always good, but it doesn't provide the rest that we're talking about. Some people are looking for rest with time off. Time off is a good thing too, but it doesn't give that rest. 
Other people want to just get away. They want to get away from everything. They feel like getting away from everything will provide the rest. And that is a great thing. It does not provide the rest that we need. So let's look at this real rest that Jesus tells us that he has for us. And it's found in Matthew. You can read along with me, but it says this. Come to me, Jesus says, which we should all do when we're looking to balance our lives. When we're looking for purpose and we're looking for a source of life, we come to Jesus. And he says, all of you who labor and are heavy laden. And that word in the Greek means that we work until we're exhausted. He says, when you do that, he says, I will give you rest. In other words, rest is a gift given to us when we step into relationship with Jesus. Now, whether we walk in that gift or not, that's up to us. He says, take my yoke upon you, which is a reference to two oxen that they did in biblical times. They tied them together and they worked together. They always tied an older one with a younger one and the older one set the pace and the younger one learned to keep the pace. When Jesus says, take my yoke, what he's saying is he's saying, your life is not yours, it's mine. We're, you're walking with me. Then he says this, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Get that. The creator of the universe tells us that he's humble. What it tells us is that your heart is what either keeps you peaceful or what is driving you, your ego and your pride, your desire for bigger and better things to have more. All of those things are a heart issue. And Jesus says, when you learn from him, he says this, you will find rest for your souls. That is what we need more than a vacation. Rest. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, what Jesus is leading us to do, doing life with Jesus is not difficult. It is easy. It is not a burden that we have to carry. Something you can write down is this. The burdens in life remind us of the balance that we need. If you're burdened, if you're weighed down, if you're tired, exhausted, you need balance. When life becomes a burden and weighing you down, you're probably not in step with Jesus. Something is out of balance. We need to keep pace with him. We're obviously not doing what he's doing. In fact, we still might be doing what we want to be doing. So how do we nurture a heart of rest? Well, I've created an acronym for rest that might help us remember how to nurture this heart. And the first one is R, and it's this. You can write it down. We need to maintain a routine. Studies show that having a routine creates stability and provides an outlet that prevents stress, that keeps us from stress. A routine is something that we do consistently. It's not a, a part of a day. It's a part of every day or most days. For many people, life is so chaotic. We go from urgency to urgency. It's chaotic in our lives from the time we get out of bed. In fact, we get out of bed running. And there's no routine in life. Jesus had routines in his life. We looked at one of them last week where the scripture tells us that he continually and regularly got away to find solitude and silence for prayer. Another scripture that gives reference to another routine is this. It says this about Jesus in Luke. It says, And as was his custom, as was his routine, Jesus went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. This was his routine, going to the temple. It was a constant in Jesus' life. See, the routines in our lives, they establish the priorities of our lives. The routines in our lives establish what is essential in our life. The routines in our lives display our heart. In other words, they display our desires and our passions and our motives. Routines create a discipline that shape those desires, passions, and motives. 
So we need to ask, what is the routine of my life? Do I have a routine? What do you have in your life that you do consistently? It's not something that you think, oh, should I do it and should I do it? It's something that you always do because it's important to you. A routine in life has to be sustainable. And there's many people that have different types of routines in their lives that, that give them the strength that they need, that provide a stress-free environment. I mean, first of all, you have a morning routine. What do you do when you get out of bed? What do you do the first part of your day? Is exercise a part of your day? Is drinking coffee before you spend time with God a part of your day? What is something that you continually do? You also have a work routine. How often are you working? How much are you working? I mean, for a lot of us, it's not something that we can control. But when our work schedule and our work routine get out of balance, well, not only do we feel it, but our family feels it and our spirit feels it. There's also a family routine. How much, what am I doing consistently with my family that matters, that's building my family, that's drawing us together, that's creating a stress-free environment? A lot of people have a meal routine where they establish a healthy relationship with food. Healthy people generally set a routine as far as how much they eat, when they eat, when they stop eating. I know this is something that I'm working into my life from this fast. Remember, it has to be something that we can do. It has to be something we want to do. Not something, I didn't say something we feel like doing because a lot of times we don't feel like doing routines, but our feelings don't shape our routines. Okay, so R is for maintain a routine in our life. E is for this, manage your emotions. Emotions are a terrible thermostat for life. Emotions should never set the atmosphere of our lives. They, they can't be trusted. They have to be adjusted. Did you ever see Jesus emotionally out of control? No. Unbalanced emotion create an unbalanced life. It creates stress. We mentioned the scripture a few weeks ago, but Jesus had these friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They were good friends. He hung out with them periodically. It was kind of a retreat place, it seemed, for Jesus to be with these friends. And one time, while Jesus was visiting these friends, he was teaching. And in the middle of his teaching, Martha loses it. Her emotions are out of control because she's doing all the hospitality work and Mary is not there, her sister, to help her. In fact, she goes to Jesus and she asks Jesus to make her sister help. And Jesus responds this way, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled. You're stressed about many things, but one thing is necessary and Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Think about it. Jesus, the creator of the universe, is talking to people about doing life and how to do life. And if Jesus is speaking, it is important. And Martha interrupts this teaching with unmanaged emotions. The fact that nobody's helping Martha do what Martha does has gotten under her skin. The fact that Mary has not stepped in, it's bothered her. It's created an emotional response, a stressful response. Listen, there are many things that can heat up our emotions. We need to know what they are. We need to know what triggers our emotions. And I would say if we're going to manage our emotions, you can't let people get under your skin. People are not perfect. People have flaws. People are broken. Don't let it stress you out and let it rob you of peace. Don't let it rob you of rest. Also, if you're going to manage your emotions, you've got to know that God is in control of the circumstances of your life. Because circumstances can create fear. Fear is this uncertainty that God is involved in our lives. And we've got to manage these emotions so that we have peace in our lives. We have this rest in our lives. So you have maintain a routine. Then you manage your emotions. And the third one is this. We've got to remember the Sabbath. 
The Sabbath simply means to stop or to pause, and Jesus calls us to stop in the activities, the pursuits, and the burdens of this culture that we live in. To temporarily stop the typical activity we have of the day. In Hebrews, it tells us this. It says, So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works, just as God did from his. You remember when God created everything, that on the seventh day he rested. It says, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. See, we're not legalistic about this, about what day it has to be. But one thing's for sure. We do understand and value the principle of Sabbath. This is a heart thing. It's a discipline that allows us to enter into rest, to experience rest. Sabbath is an intentional pause. In our world today, people work seven days a week. They have no problems doing that. And if you work seven days a week, you may not feel it right now, but I guarantee you, your family feels it. I guarantee you, one day you'll feel it. I guarantee you, your spirit man feels it. You think God was tired on the seventh day when he rested? God doesn't get tired. He didn't create everything and say, good night, that was hard, I need a break. He modeled Sabbath for us. The Father created the Sabbath for us. Jesus references this when he says this. He said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. God designed us to need a break, to pause from our labor. You might remember the Ten Commandments. Some refer to them as the Ten Suggestions. But you might remember number four. God gave us these for our protection. But the fourth commandment says this. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Holy means set apart, belonging to God. Again, this is a protection for us. I understand that you may not have the luxury to have the Sabbath day because you might have many jobs. But when you can, I encourage you to have a Sabbath day. A day that belongs just to God. To again, pause from the typical activity of your day and to focus on God. Again, this is not a legalistic thing. This is something that we do because we follow Jesus. And for Jesus, the Sabbath was a non-negotiable. See, observing the Sabbath is not something that we do because there's nothing else to do. It's something we do regardless of what comes up. Okay, so we maintain a routine. We manage our emotions. Third thing is we enter into rest. And the fourth thing is this. We conquer our thoughts. This is a big one. Your thoughts are one of the greatest contributors of stress in your life. Rest is not only disturbed by our emotions, rest is disturbed by our enemy that loves to manipulate our thoughts. The enemy is a master at reminding you of how terrible you are, how often you mess up, how much you used to enjoy the sinful life that you live. He loves to tell you that people don't care about you. He loves to create catastrophes in your life around 2.30 in the morning that keep you up. And the only way that I know to conquer thoughts is to take these thoughts captive. That's what scripture tells us to do. It says this in 2 Corinthians, it says, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So what we're doing is we're shaping our thoughts to what Jesus says, what God's word says, rather than what the enemy says. Listen, the enemy can tell you lies and say, hey, you know your dad died when he was 57 of a heart attack and you're 58, you don't have much longer to live. And then you begin to live in fear. What you can do is you can quote and memorize Psalms 91 that tells us this, With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. The enemy might be telling you you can't pay your bills if you give to God. So that creates fear and then we, we stop giving to God. We stop 
blessing God. We stop allowing our finances to be used of God. When really what we need to be doing is quoting the scripture that says, My God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. God is going to meet every need when we put him first. The enemy can tell you that you're going to die, that you're not going to recover from this sickness that you're going through. God's word tells us this, Oh Lord my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me because God is our healer. Or maybe the enemy's telling you that COVID's going to get you. You need to mask up and you need to live in fear. And it's changing how you live. Psalms 91.11 tells us this, For God will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. That God sends his angels to protect us in all that we do. Here's the thing. We have to replace the lies that we've been fed with the truth that God gives to us. But the battle is between our ears. It's in our mind. That's where you establish your thoughts. That's where we lose our peace. That's where we get stressed out and, and lose our rest. I love this scripture in Isaiah. It's so important for us. It says this, that you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust is a great picture. It's when our routine and our emotions and our Sabbath and our thoughts all find their balance in God. You might be listening and thinking, man, I wish that I had that. I wish that I could experience the balance that provides rest. I'm telling you there's no course that you can take to find rest. I'm telling you you can't make more money and find rest. I'm telling you you can't become more popular and find rest. Rest only comes because of the peace we have through Jesus with God. When everything is at rest in my soul, everything is well in my soul because I've surrendered to God. Remember, rest is a heart thing. We need a heart that is at rest. And if you don't have that, I want to encourage you to step into that relationship with God where he can provide the rest that you need. We all need it. Make God the center of your life. Make God in control of your life. Surrender your life to God. I will encourage you as I pray that you would talk to God and say, God, I want you to be the center of my life and I want you to be in control. And if you have that relationship with God already, maybe things have gotten out of balance. And maybe it's time to realign your life. Maybe it's time to maintain a routine. Maybe it's time to start to manage your emotions or, or to establish a Sabbath and control your thoughts. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you right now. I first of all lift up my friends to you that want to begin this relationship with you. They want to establish you as the center of their life. And they want to make you the one who's most important, the essential of their life. And Father, I ask that you would give them peace, that you would give them rest. Father, that you would bring them into your purpose and that you would establish life within them. Father, help them as they walk with you. Father, I ask that you would help them to get into a church where they can be around other believers that would help them and encourage them and support them. Father, I ask that you would protect them Father, for all of us, you see our lives, and for many of us, there's an imbalance that needs to be addressed. Help us to find the balance in our lives. And, and may this REST acronym, may it help us to establish some areas in our lives that may have become out of balance. Father, that we would surrender those to you and that we would include you in those. Father, help us to make you the center of our lives. And I know that as you are the center, 
everything else balances out. So, Father, we ask that you would do that. Father, I just pray that you would encourage each person that's listening today and, and help them in this. Help them to experience your rest, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we're always learning. This is something that we're growing in all the time. And I just want to encourage you to not give up. I mean, right now you can assess these areas in your life and maybe you need to address them. But understand that it's going to take time. And understand that balance comes. It doesn't come right away. Sometimes you have to make the adjustment, kind of like using the level. You kind of have to find that sweet spot where the bubble is right in the center. And that takes a little bit of time sometimes, and God is working with us in that. Listen, I just want to thank you guys so much for being with us today, making us, again, a part of your day. It means so much. I encourage you to find rest today, and I encourage you to live in that rest. Listen, God's very best to you. Have a great rest of your week. Bye-bye.